That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirshner. Will Donald Trump or any other high-level officials be brought to accountability for the January 6th insurrection? Here's Glenn. So friends, I was back in federal court in Washington, D.C. today doing some more court watching, watching some of the Proud Boys seditious conspiracy trial, watching what is now the third trial against members of the Oath Keepers for their part in the insurrection. And there were other insurrection cases going on in court. Federal District Court in Washington, D.C. is virtually awash with insurrection cases. I started out in courtroom number 24 on the fourth floor watching Judge Kelly preside over the Proud Boys trial where there is so much evidence, compelling evidence, overwhelming evidence of their participation in the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. I then walked about maybe 100 feet up the fourth floor corridor to courtroom 10 where Judge Mehta is presiding over the third Oath Keepers trial. Remember, the first trial involved some of the leaders of the Oath Keepers organization, uh, Elmer, Stuart Rhodes, and Kelly Meggs, and some others, they were convicted. Then there was a second batch of Oath Keepers who went to trial and were convicted. Now there's a third batch of Oath Keepers on trial. And elsewhere in the courthouse, there was uh, another insurrectionist who was sentenced today, a guy named Kevin Seafried. Remember that infamous picture of the guy who was, you know, walking around in the halls of Congress with an enormous Confederate flag? Yeah, that was defendant Kevin Seafried. He was sentenced today to three years in prison. He is not to be confused with his son, his 24-year-old son, that he brought with him to the insurrection, to the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, because apparently insurrection is a family affair for the Seafreeds. His son is serving two years in prison for the crimes he committed at the Capitol on January 6th. As I say, the federal courthouse in D.C. is awash with insurrection cases. And it got me to thinking, now here's the part where I begin to criticize the Department of Justice. And let me say, there are some who send me messages and feedback and post comments, all of which I greatly appreciate. Some who say, you beat up on DOJ too much. Others who say, Glenn, you don't beat up on DOJ enough. You know what? I spent decades inside the Department of Justice. I have a pretty good sense of how DOJ operates or sometimes fails to operate. So I try to call it the way I see it. I try to bring an informed perspective on what might be going on inside the Department of Justice. I don't know because I'm no longer on the inside, but I have a pretty good sense 
from living inside DOJ professionally for decades. And what continues to frustrate me and what I continue to see is the boots of the insurrection, the foot soldiers that Donald Trump told to attack the Capitol on January 6th are going to prison for committing crimes that Donald Trump told them to commit. Here is today's reporting about the Proud Boys trial, which is ongoing, and as I say, some of which I watched today in court. Here's the headline from Courthouse News. Jubilation. Witness recounts mood after Trump called to Proud Boys by name. The president had urged Proud Boys, stand back, stand by, rather than condemn white supremacists when invited to do so in a live televised debate. Guys, stand by is the directive Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio gave to a group of leaders within the far-right organization moments after then-President Donald Trump exhorted the group with those very words during a September 2020 presidential debate. Trump's words, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by, he had said, came in response to an invitation from the Fox News host moderating the first presidential debate of 2020 to condemn white supremacists. So yes, friends, Donald Trump was asked to condemn white supremacists. He did the exact opposite. He wouldn't condemn them. Instead, he told them to stand by. He told the white supremacists to stand by, inferentially to await my further orders. And the Proud Boys were ecstatic. Their recruiting skyrocketed. Their mission now set by the President of the United States. We are standing by, sir, awaiting your orders. And Donald Trump then gave a further order. He set the date of the attack, of the insurrection, when he tweeted on December 19th, come to D.C., will be wild. He set the date for the attack on the Capitol. And then on January 6th, he deployed his forces. He told them, go to the Capitol, fight like hell or you won't have a country anymore. Now, stop the steal. And the Proud Boys responded and obeyed his commands. And the Oath Keepers responded and followed his directives. And the Kevin Seafreeds of the world and his son and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of others did precisely what Donald Trump told them to do. Donald Trump is legally responsible, criminally responsible for the insurrection, for the attack on the Capitol, but he's not been held accountable. Others, the low-level soldiers, right, the boots of the insurrection are going to prison. Donald Trump's playing golf and, by the way, running for the presidency again. And here is my overwhelming sense from spending yet additional time in court today watching the boots of the insurrection being tried and I can all but guarantee they will be convicted just like everyone who has gone before them. They've all been convicted. Here's my overwhelming sense. We have this thing called precedent. Now precedent is a term of legal art and 
What it means, legally speaking, and most precisely is when an appellate court decides a case and issues an opinion, that opinion becomes precedent, something that must be followed by other courts and prosecutors and judges in the jurisdiction in which the appellate court decided the case, precedent. But there's another kind of precedent, and it's at play every day in and out of the Department of Justice. It's what I've always referred to as atmospheric precedent. When the Department of Justice does something or declines to do something in a criminal investigation or in a case, it becomes, in a very real sense, precedent, atmospheric precedent. And right now, the Department of Justice has set a precedent. What precedent has DOJ set? DOJ has set the very real atmospheric precedent that if you are a president of the United States and you lose an election, you can surround yourself with criminal associates and co-conspirators. People like Steve Bannon and Mike Flynn and Roger Stone, Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis and John Eastman and Jeffrey Clark and members of Congress who gave tours to insurrectionists prior to January 6th and who asked for pardons after January 6th because they wanted to get away with the crimes they committed. And your, your fake electors and so many others, all of you, all of you people of privilege and of influence and of power and of wealth, you can try to overthrow our democracy. You can try to unlawfully retain the power of the presidency even though you lost an election. And if you do, you're gonna have more than two years. You're gonna have two years and counting to plot your next move. And what is Donald Trump doing with this wonderful two year plus period DOJ has given him? He's playing golf, he's holding fundraisers, he's going to dinner parties, and he's running for president. Again, that's a precedent that has been set by the Department of Justice. They are signaling to the next aspiring dictator, right, who might want to replicate what Donald Trump has done. They have sent the message loud and clear that if you do it, you're going to have two years plus to plot your next move. That is a dangerous precedent. Friends, there's a reason that we prosecutors try to promptly arrest and indict people. We try to promptly hold folks accountable for the crimes they committed, one, so they can't continue to commit crimes and victimize others, and two, because we want to send a message to others who might be contemplating similar crimes that we're going to come after you promptly, we're going to incapacitate you by indicting you and trying you and imprisoning you in the event of conviction, and that sends a message of deterrence to others. But DOJ has sent the opposite message. No deterrence, no overt law enforcement activity designed to hold the suits of the insurrection accountable for two years and counting. Now friends, I hope, I hope that years from now we will look back and maybe at the two and a half year mark 
after the insurrection. We are going to see an enormous conspiracy indictment returned by the grand jury, what we call a 371 indictment, a conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States or defraud the United States. And that conspiracy indictment is going to have all of the suits of the insurrection charged in it. And they're going to be convicted or they're going to plead guilty and cooperate. And years from now, we can look back and say, it took a long time. It took too long, but at least we got there. That is my fervent hope for our nation. But as of right now, we don't see any signs of it. And, and please make no mistake about it, friends. I'm not saying the Department of Justice is not hard at work investigating the suits of the insurrection, intending to hold them criminally accountable for the crimes they inarguably committed. I'm not saying they're not doing that. We don't know. I think we have to assume that they are. But we have seen no outward signs of it. That's troubling because some of these suits should have been locked up. Some of these suits should have been indicted. And we should see the DOJ concretely working its way up the criminal ladder. And we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it. Maybe they're intending to do it in one fell swoop, big old 371 conspiracy. That is my fervent hope. And if they're not intending to do it, then the next insurrection, which will come, because DOJ will have given it permission if they don't hold this insurrection accountable, the next insurrection will succeed. If we don't charge Donald Trump and company for their crimes, we will be giving away our republic. And I, for one, don't want to see that happen. Because justice matters. Coming up next, will Trump be criminally indicted for his classified documents crimes? This is Justice Matters. Beowulf here with Justice Matters, and I am loving the warmer weather and the sunnier skies. It makes you want to get out and move and get healthy. And you can help yourself get healthy and meet your wellness goals with no prep, no mess meals from Factormeals.com. There's a whole menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat in a well-balanced way. What's my favorite? I love the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken with spicy cilantro cauliflower rice. So flavorful and healthy, too. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash glen50 and use code glen50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's glen50 at factormeals.com slash glenn 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factormeals.com slash glen50. Go there. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. More classified documents have been found at former Vice President Mike Pence's home. What does this mean for the prospects of Donald Trump being criminally indicted for his classified documents crimes? Here's Glenn. So friends, it's another day. So of course there's another report of the search of the home of a high government official or a former high government official. This time we're back at Mike Pence's house. There's his humble abode there. So friends, let's try to answer one important, one fundamental question. What do these searches of Joe Biden's home and Mike Pence's home, what do they mean for the prospect of Donald Trump being indicted for his classified documents crimes? Does it make it less likely that Trump will be indicted for his crimes or does it make it more likely that he'll be indicted for his crimes? We're going to answer that question toward the end of this video, but let's start with the new reporting about yet another search of Mike Pence's home. This from Politico, headline, FBI searches Pence's home for classified materials. And that article begins, FBI investigators discovered an additional classified document and removed six other pages of records from the residence of former Vice President Mike Pence after a five-hour unrestricted search of his home, a Pence spokesman said. Quote, the Vice President has directed his legal team to continue its cooperation with appropriate authorities and to be fully transparent through the conclusion of this matter, close quote, said the spokesman Devin O'Malley. The FBI arrived at Pence's home Friday morning for the consensual search, please put a pin in that word, consensual, according to a police officer who blocked traffic on the suburban Indianapolis street. The search, which was voluntarily arranged, pin number two in the word voluntarily, by Pence with the Justice Department had been expected for weeks. A Justice Department official who spoke on the condition of anonymity confirmed late Friday morning that the FBI was conducting a consent-based search. There's our third pin in the term consent-based search. So friends, three times in one paragraph, the author of that Politico article made it clear, wanted to convey to the reader appropriately that this search of Mike Pence's home was consensual. It was voluntary. It was consent-based. Mike Pence is fully cooperating with the federal law enforcement authorities, just as all the reporting has indicated that Joe Biden is cooperating fully with all of the appropriate law enforcement authorities. What message are these two public servants, one former public servant, one current public servant and former vice president, Joe Biden. What message are they sending? Well, the message they are sending is, if I have stuff that I shouldn't have, stuff 
that belongs at the National Archives, but I brought it with me for better or worse, intentionally or unintentionally, when I left government service. I want it to go back to the federal government, to the National Archives, because that's the right thing to do. Friends, here's the reality of the situation. When people leave federal service, when people leave any employment, sometimes they take stuff with them that they probably shouldn't take. Isn't that kind of a common occurrence in our common experience? And if you find that you have some stuff you shouldn't have because it rightfully belongs to your employer, you should give it back voluntarily, without a fight. You shouldn't hide it. You shouldn't unlawfully retain it. And it's not that surprising that former federal employees, former high government officials ended up you know, packing up or having packed up for them stuff that they shouldn't have taken because it belonged at the National Archives. I'm not excusing it. I'm not downplaying it. I'm not suggesting that you should turn a blind eye to it. But not all possession of government stuff that you shouldn't have is the same. And it's certainly not all criminal. So let's look at the differences here and then let's see what we can glean with respect to what these searches of Mike Pence's home and Joe Biden's home mean for the prospects of criminal indictments for Donald Trump for the crimes he inarguably committed. And we're gonna talk about why that is in a minute. So friends, for this discussion, we have to go to a Team Justice Law School class just for a couple of minutes and talk about the Fourth Amendment because not all searches are created equal. We all have a right against unreasonable searches and seizures unreasonable searches of our homes, of our stuff. Precisely, the Fourth Amendment says, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. I love that, shall not be violated. So how is it that the police, the FBI, DOJ, law enforcement authorities get to search our homes in one of two ways, predominantly. There's a public safety exception and some others, but predominantly law enforcement gets to search our homes in one of two ways. Either they get consent because we give them consent voluntarily. We often do that when we know we have nothing to hide. Come on in and search, please. There might be some stuff here that I have that I shouldn't have that got packed up mistakenly and I want it to go to the rightful owner. I give you consent to come in and do a full sweep, a full search of my property, my stuff. Or the other way law enforcement gets to search our home is if a federal judge or a state judge, local judge, but in this case, if a federal judge reviews evidence that has been developed, that has been amassed during the course of an investigation, and that judge concludes that one, one or more crimes have been committed, and two, evidence of those crimes is likely to be found in a particular place. Let's not lose sight of the fact that no judge has ever issued a search warrant for Joe Biden's property or for Mike Pence's property. Those were voluntary searches. They were trying to do the right thing. But a judge did conclude that there were not one, not two, 
but three crimes committed inferentially by Donald Trump and that evidence of those crimes would be found at Mar-a-Lago and indeed evidence of those crimes was found at Mar-a-Lago specifically among other places in Donald Trump's desk drawers in his personal office. And how did the Department of Justice get to the point where they had to go to a federal judge and show the judge evidence that proved, that made out the evidentiary standard of probable cause to believe that crimes had been committed and evidence of crime, those crimes would be at Mar-a-Lago? Well, first of all, the National Archives went to Mar-a-Lago and begged and pleaded with Donald Trump please give us the documents back that we know you have and Donald Trump refused to give them all back and then DOJ officials federal prosecutors and FBI agents went down to Mar-a-Lago and said return the documents and Donald Trump wouldn't and then a federal grand jury investigating documents crimes issued a subpoena which is a court order directing that those documents be returned specifically to the grand jury now as part of a criminal probe and Donald Trump refused. So all that was left was for the Department of Justice, the federal prosecutors, the FBI to go to a federal judge, present the evidence that they had developed during the investigation showing that Donald Trump committed crimes and that evidence of those crimes was likely to be found in a particular place, that being Mar-a-Lago, and the judge agreed there was probable cause and issued a search warrant. And when that search warrant was executed, in other words, when the FBI agents searched Mar-a-Lago, they found evidence of Donald Trump's crimes. That brings us to the question, does the search of Mike Pence's home that we just learned about, does the search of Joe Biden's home that we have known about now for some time? And does the fact that some documents were found during those voluntary consensual searches, does that impact the likelihood that Donald Trump will or will not be prosecuted for his crimes? Because he committed crimes. That can be argued a number of ways. You know, I think one way it can be argued is that, listen, Jack Smith has his head down and he's moving full steam ahead investigating the insurrection crimes of Donald Trump and the Mar-a-Lago documents crimes of Donald Trump. And he will be unencumbered and unaffected by whatever's going on with respect to Mike Pence and Joe Biden. Those cases, those instances, those circumstances have nothing to do with whether or not Donald Trump should be indicted for his crimes. That's one view. And I think that is primarily how Jack Smith is likely to proceed. It's how I proceeded when I was a prosecutor for three decades. I tried to tune out everything else and focus on the evidence in my case and whether it supported bringing an indictment. And if it did, was an indictment the right thing to do under the circumstances? Now, let me back up and say we do have to be consistent as prosecutors as best we can. Right? We need to make sure we treat similarly situated people and cases similarly, but generally, you know, we remain focused on the evidence in the case we're investigating and we tune everything else out. 
Here's another view of the impact that these searches might have on Donald Trump's crimes and whether they'll be prosecuted or not. You know, if we didn't know anything about Mike Pence or Joe Biden having documents they shouldn't have, if we didn't know anything about these consensual searches of their homes, we might just look at the Donald Trump circumstance in isolation and say, well, what was Donald Trump to do? I mean, you know, maybe he thought that these documents were his and, you know, maybe he shouldn't be criminally charged for this. Here's the thing. We have concrete answers to questions like, what should Donald Trump have done? We know what Donald Trump should have done because it's what Joe Biden and Mike Pence did. When it was determined that they had some documents that they brought with them from their government service that they shouldn't have, that should go back to the National Archives, they did what good public servants and former public servants do. They said, we need to return these and we're inviting you in to look at everything just to make sure we don't have anything else we shouldn't have. So I actually think we can answer the question, what was Donald Trump to do? Well, how about what Joe Biden and Mike Pence did? voluntarily give everything back and invite the Department of Justice in to double check to make sure everything has been given back. That, quite frankly, is a pretty strong indication that neither Joe Biden nor Mike Pence had any criminal intent. Indeed, they probably didn't necessarily even engage in a criminal act. But of course, you need a criminal act and criminal intent to successfully prosecute someone. And everything that Biden and Pence have done suggests they had no criminal intent, and that's probably because they didn't commit a criminal act. Donald Trump committed a criminal act, and he reinforced his criminal intent at every move. So I will land on an answer to the question that I posed at the beginning of this video. What are the odds now? Have they increased or decreased that Donald Trump will be prosecuted? I think they've ticked up a little. Maybe not much, but I think they've ticked up a little. You know why? Because justice matters. Friends, thank you for sticking with me through that long, rambling, at times ugly explanation. I hope it helped. I'm sure we'll be circling back to this topic sometime in the near future because tomorrow's another day and we'll probably hear about another search of some other government official or former government official's home, and maybe we'll even hear about more classified documents being found. As always, friends, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.